Welcome back to the M101 podcast. Remember, this is just a small extract of the podcast itself. On today's episode, number four, myself and Rob detail three more underlying principles of Movement 101. Health, longevity, and self-efficacy. Hope you enjoy it. This is the Movement 101 podcast. Them two uh, principles, Rob, were health and longevity. But the last one we want to talk about because it's really, really big for us in terms of the human body, in terms of the belief you have of your body and what you can physically do with it. But this idea of self-efficacy. And if you don't know what self-efficacy is, let me give you the definition. The definition for self-efficacy is the confidence in the ability to exert control over one's own motivation, behavior, and social environment. Can you kind of break it down for us, Rob, what self-efficacy means to you? Well, what it means to me is like your belief that you can actually do something, that you can affect change, you know, and uh, that can, you can have a higher self-efficacy towards some things or, or a lower self-efficacy to one thing. So obviously we're talking about uh, activity, uh, physical fitness, and indeed uh, mindset as well, Damien going into a bit of that, but yeah, you're you're in control, okay? Uh, but you, you can work on your self-efficacy, but... Um, it is all this we've had it before I've had it before running around trying to get fixed by people mm. um, I, again I, I had multiple dislocations on my shoulders and surgery on them and I, I suffered back pain for a long time and I mentioned back to the surf and I, I couldn't surf and I was, I was going around being trying to be fixed uh, without really taking control of myself like you know I, I need to move one on one back then you know yeah Um. Uh, so, so that's what self-efficacy is to me. It's just your, your, your belief, uh, your, your understanding, and uh, that you can affect change on yourself. You know, and it is if you, we go back to our programs of Mobile for Life and Innate Strength, Mobile for Life in particular, we give you the option of building your own program from mm. you know the 150 plus exercises that are in in the membership portal. Innate Strength, we literally have trainings from Brian on Sleep 101 and. Nutrition 101, they're not telling you exactly what to do. They're literally educating you mm. on what you can do yourself and you can then begin to take that into your own life because self-efficacy for us is huge. You mentioned it there because that was definitely me. My God, when I had a shoulder injury for three years, three years I went to professionals left, right and center, some of the yeah. best people uh, in the country to, to fix me. You know, rub my shoulder. Will you fix it here? What is my issue? Basically telling me, what are you going to do for me? How are you going to fix me? And surprise, surprise, I got some short-term relief. I didn't get any any long-term benefit mm. um, because there is no one exercise. And as we mentioned there previously about, you know, what's the one exercise for this huge amount of training volume that I'm doing? Well, there is an exercise, you know? So it is kind of looking at that. But we can break down the self-efficacy um, to four components. And actually, uh, wh- who, who was this, Rob? You, you, you had it up there. Get, get it up there, who uh, this um, framework is from because it's, it's brilliant. And it... it really explains what self-efficacy is. We kind of break it down into four parts. And the first part is, well... Well, there's there's four. They're not, they're not necessarily in order, but four parts could be performance outcomes. Okay. Vicarious experience. Okay. Experiences. Uh, verbal persuasion. Yeah. And physiological feedback. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. So we go to maybe the vicarious experiences. Okay. First. Uh, so this is Bandura, 1977. Okay. So going into a bit of a uh, psychology here, but... People kind of develop high or low self-efficacy vicariously through other people's performances. A person can watch another perform and then then compare their own competence with the other 
the other's individual's competence. So like, straight away to us, what that streams and what we're trying to build and have done over the last four years is community. Mm. I mean, we're trying to use our own experience because we didn't yeah. have that self-efficacy. Yeah. We're trying to show you what we have done. That it, it, Honestly, it's nothing special. We yeah. just understand it. And then by having thousands of members on our programs, you can see people get results. Mm. Everyone is just human. The idea being that if you can provide this stimulus, if you have this education, if you all take that re uh, responsibility, then you can see that, oh my God, I can change as well. Mm. But then as you mentioned to me uh, off podcast, these experiences could also be going the opposite way. Yeah. Because you could see, for example, g give me an example of a negative experience then if you were to have a belief well, that you Well, maybe do it's, um, you know, do you ever hear that, that meme or, or that joke? Uh, and it's like, uh, what, what, what's, how's it go again? Um, oh, the problem is diabetes runs in my family. All right. Uh, and the doctor goes, no, the problem is no one runs in your family. <laughs> okay, because... You know, type two diabetes is, is, is a lifestyle problem. Um, people consuming uh, unhealthy foods, getting overweight, not getting exercise. Okay, so it, it's it's a massive problem these days. So you know, if you're if you're living in that, if you're if you're a maybe a child living in that, that kind of environment, and your parents are not eating, maybe they're smoking, they're drinking, they're they're overeating, and there's a fair chance that that child is not going to be getting exercise. So, so the, the look, at the, he's, he's, he's in that environment. Environment plays a factor, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I do think though that is why it's important to reach out to get a coach or a, a community because if you're surrounded by people who are doing good things, yeah. you are much more likely to do good things yourself. And especially mm. if you want to, uh, again, going back to taking that uh, responsibility, it's so much easier to do it where people are doing the same thing as you, yeah, yeah. have the same values, have the same goals, because again, it's not about doing something very short term and today, mm. It's about continually doing that over time. Yeah, and so it's one of the reasons we, we pop up uh, testimonials all the time. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I, I try to explain to people, as, like, and it's almost a bit embarrassing sometimes, oh, wow, that, that's brilliant. I said, it's not really. It's yeah. just like, did you see my picture there a few years ago in my, like, mid-30s? Yeah. You know, it's not like I've been doing this since I was, I managed to, I worked hard in getting out of shape in my 20s and early 30s. You know, I was weak, immobile, not much muscle mass. You know, beyond, beyond a, a stage where, you might say, okay, you're mid-30s now. If you're a professional footballer, you'd be retired. So, you know, the human body can turn, can turn things around, all right? So, so and uh, yeah, like going back to the coaching thing, I got a coach. Yeah. You know, I still do employ coaches. Um, and I was with this guy guy for a year, and I just, I knew I needed that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the next one? And after uh, vicarious experiences? Yeah, verbal persuasion. Okay. I mean, and again, it's, it's positive or negative, it can go yeah, both ways. Yeah, so yeah exactly. Self-efficacy is influenced by encouragement and discouragement pertaining to an individual's performance or ability to perform. And that was Redmond said that in 2010. Well, I'll just take over the positive and you can take over the negative if you want yeah. to. But the positive, again, is just our community. You know, we're encouraging people to, to do better when they do good work. We're saying brilliant. We're helping them progress in terms of, of where they are. And again, we're giving the education around oh, why this could be the option or, you know, you're not broken or, you know, don't be worrying that you haven't been consistent over the last week. Let's start again. Let's reset. Less is more. Just begin to tr try and in uh, introduce these habits uh, once again. So, again, the, the positivity comes from our experience it comes from our education and what we're trying to do with our community is pass that on essentially but the negative is a big one that we see in the industry because mm. uh, oh, yeah. you mentioned about someone saying um, a physio once told a member of ours that he I think he was 30 years of age and he was told the stiffest person he's ever seen in his life mm. Mm. so like literally a health professional told someone I've never seen someone in, in this case ever before as bad as you the, the worst case of tight hamstrings I've ever seen so, like, imagine just being told that by someone who's much more educated than you, 
and mm. straight away you think, oh my god, I'm broken. I'm properly. There's something wrong, wrong with me. No one's gonna fix me. No one's me. like me. Yeah. What am I? I'm not like other people. Uh, and the idea is that no, no, you're exactly like other people. Yeah. Don't when, you, when you think of humanity, the amount of humans that have lived, you, you've come from like you know, you go back what three billion years of evolution, you know. So so. Uh, and then even take it again because this idea of oh my god, uh, I just looked at an MRI of your spine there, and it looks like your spine is degenerating. Mm. And then someone goes, oh my god, I'm breaking down here. Whereas if we were told that, we'd say, oh, that's fine. I mean, I have wrinkles on my face because mm. I'm aging. If I get an MRI, me personally, I could easily have a degenerative spine. It doesn't always equate to pain. Um, so again, the, the positive and negative can completely sway your self-efficacy, can completely believe what you are capable of with your body and then in turn your life. And it's the importance, go back again to episode one, I'm going to keep going back to these principles all the time, education. Mm. It, it's absolutely key in order to have that self-efficacy. And if you're getting continually clicked and cracked and rubbed and there's no education around what the hell's going on, there's just no real self-efficacy. And self-efficacy self will only really result in that long-term kind of gain. Um, after that verbal persuasion then, Rob, what's the, the next one? Yeah, prefer performance outcomes. Okay. So positive and negative experiences can influence the ability of an individual to perform a given task. If one has performed well at a task previously, he or she is likely to feel competent and perform well at a similar associated task. So that's Bandura again, 77. So we could bring that like directly to training. Yep. You know, and that's why, for example, in, in Mobile for Life, you know, and, and somewhat that we spout a lot of is less is more. And even in, in innate strength, you know, to a degree, um, you're far, you're far more, you're better off being consistent with a small number of exercises than being inconsistent with many. Yeah. Right. So, what I'm saying is, if you get through phase one of mobile for life or, or month one of innate strength, you, you're consistent with that. Hey, uh, what have you what have you uh, felt from that? You're going to make progress. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, wow, hey, this training works. So that guy with the the tight hamstrings. Yeah. It, hey, we we obviously wouldn't have said that to him. We would have given him a program, crack away with that for a month. Give us a call then. Well, even a big focus for us as well currently, actually, is the hands to floor series. Yeah. And we're getting amazing results in literally mm. six days, seven mm. days, some people two weeks, some people four weeks. Mm. But there's just small little wins yeah. that show people, oh, my God, there can be a change within a week, two, three, or four. Of course there can be. So imagine that, that is a tiny amount of yeah. time. A month is a tiny amount oh, of time. Oh, it really is. So, but imagine, again, then that that shows if I continue with this for six months, mm. for 12 months, for three years. And yeah. again, it can be negative as well. And this is the issue. People genuinely believe that within four weeks I'm going to be this way forever and what we're telling you right now if you're following a program and you stop following the program we're pretty confident that you're not going to have that same benefit from the program that you had initially yeah that's it, principle of reversibility I suppose you exactly know? Yeah. yeah the body gets good at what you do we, yeah, we yeah. always mention it because again it's not that you're just doing this to fix yourself you're not doing this because you have back pain you're taking that ownership, you're moving, you're physically moving because it's a hell of a lot deeper than just moving, but also it's this lifestyle that you're taking that ownership uh, for the long term. Yeah, and just, just to, to briefly on the lifestyle, um, you know, I've lived both. You know, I've lived the, yeah. the sedentary lifestyle and like, I, this is, I, I thought of this there a while ago, it just popped into my head, but I actually think it's physically harder to live a sedentary lifestyle than it is to live an, an active lifestyle. Okay. Which is kind of weird because the sedentary lifestyle that I lived, working in an office, um, uh, going to the piss the weekend, having a few drinks during the week, uh, not doing much exercise at all. I was I had back pain, mm. um, upper back pain, lower back pain. Whenever I, I couldn't stand, like I'd have difficulty standing for a long time if I had to go to like a, a wedding or something, standing in suit shoes, my back would be sore. Um, 
I was in physical pain. I was going around like trying to get uh, this pain kind of fixed by, by people rubbing, cracking, clicking, whatever. Um, you know, there's a time from we don't want to, I'm not shunning manual therapy again completely, but actually training, you'd think that'd be physically harder. Yes, it is for that hour or, or whatever, but the feeling afterwards, obviously the, the mental kind of the endorphins you get, the endocannabinoid upregulation, you know, the, the good humor, feeling of physical strength, you have more energy. That's a big thing, a, a hell of a lot more energy. Mm. So, you know, this. I just th- thought it's kind of a bit of a... No, but I, I, I think you're dead right because ultimately what we're trying to do with training with the body and what we're trying to do with all of our programs, for example, is allow your body and in turn your, your brain handle more stress because that's what training is. You're stressing mm-hmm. the body. In turn, it has to recover and it will adapt. Stress is a, like, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? But that's the idea because the idea now is that if we can go into the gym and add the stressor ourselves. Yeah. We're going in voluntarily to add this stress. Yeah. And that, that has huge transfer to your life and making the kind of bigger decisions and more stressful, tougher decisions. And going back to the self-efficacy, you're, you're making this decision to do something hard. Exactly. Okay, and all of a sudden, you're, 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 you could sit at home eating whatever, uh, eating a tub of Ben & Jerry's watching Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> That's thinking of you there. <laughs> I, I do watch Love Island. Uh, or you could you know, make the decision, do the hard thing, get up early. That's so powerful. Well, I up early, go to the gym. I remember Miles. So Miles is our, our, our yeah. spiritual coach that uh, we work with. And he told me uh, a, a, a brilliant saying, like, it's so much easier to die. Yeah. So it's so much easier to sit on the couch and do nothing. It's so much easier to consume all Netflix and eat shite. Mm. It's so much harder to go and do that workout. You couldn't be arsed. Mm. It's so much harder to be consistent for much jump, longer jump than, at a, the IRC than this a time year. Here, Ex- yeah. yeah, exactly. So and, and the idea being is like, you know, go towards these the stressful situations, go yeah. towards them in a very coordinated yeah. way with a program that, that's and a where plan. The, the long-term uh, gratification is from doing the hard thing. Uh, you don't get it from being lazy. And if you ever wasted a day being lazy, like, did you ever take a, a duvet day yeah. back in the office and all of a sudden you think it's going to be great, but it's, it's actually not. You, you, you're frustrated because your productivity is down and it's just like, uh, you get to the end of the day and yeah. you're still there watching TV. It's like, and it's just, again, the importance of community. If you're mm-hmm. around, surrounded by people who are doing things that are going to motivate you or are going to push you to do things when you don't really want to do them, you're going to get that result because you're going to be mm-hmm. much more consistent. Yeah. The last one then, Rob, which I actually think is very important as well in terms of self-efficacy. What's the last one? I oh, haven't got it up there. I have it here, but I'll, I'll let you go with it. So it's the last one in terms of the four principles. Ph- physiological feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- this is, like, obviously, people experience sensations from their body. Sorry, people experience sensations from their body and how they perceive this emotional arousal influences their beliefs of efficacy. So, All right? it, it's so th- there's a training, uh, there's a training feedback. We just talked there about in the morning, uh, sorry, just a, a moment ago about getting up in the morning and going to the gym. Mm. You're going to have a physiological feedback from that. How do you feel after the gym? Generally, mentally, physically, how do you feel? Uh, hopefully you haven't shattered yourself completely, but you feel good. You have yeah. that shower, you get dressed and like, you know, Attack Boom. your day. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a really simple thing to use when you don't want to really do it or you're very tired or the day's been stressful. It's like, I don't know, I, I get this done. I'm going to have more energy. I'm actually going to feel a hell of a lot better. And then I'm, I'm close towards my goal as well. Mm. But then if we take it back to something as simple as mobile for life and that uh, feedback that they get from something as simple as literally moving their spine, the mm. center of them that has so much information towards the brain that again, the extremities mm. in terms of the hips, the pelvis and uh, the shoulders, etc. Like no one's ever really moved their spine. And they're like, they think it's amazing what you've done. But when you begin to actually physically move that and you go, whoa, you're getting some feedback. And all of a sudden you're going, I have that confidence actually actually to move here. The brain's getting some new s- stimulus. Think about this in terms of uh, movement and the body. Mm. If you never moved your spine before, the map 
from your spine up towards your brain is very blurred because you've never really moved it. Yeah. And the idea of true movement is that map begins to get a bit clearer. Yeah. And the more you move it, the clearer that map gets. The more you move it, the clearer that map gets over the long term. It's actually just there all the time. Mm. And if that map is very clear, that information is very clear, you can move that with control, with confidence, and you can, again, take that into every aspect of, 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 of your life. And the feedback from the exercises that you get, the very specific movements, especially in mobile life that we have, because um, we're training like individual parts like pelvis yeah. and spine and hips, etc., feet even, for example, uh, and they're very sensory a hugely sensory around your feet, a hugely sensory around your spine. And yet people aren't really aware that actually, oh, I, I can move here. I can mm. train here and in turn, I can get some kind of feedback, cramping, etc. Um Yeah, but you mentioned it there. It's like, it, and I've mentioned it before in posts, it's like we are training your brain too. Yeah. Like there's this big space in your brain that's uh, devoted to your spine, okay? Um, if you never move your spine, like I like that like blurry or I like the, the foggy. Mm. You know, your brain kind of, and when we we and people find you know the spine segmentation for example difficult good right if you do that first day oh that's easy you're not doing it right you're not trying hard enough it should be difficult so don't worry if you found it difficult but practice 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 you'll get a little bit better at it a little bit better at it and all of a sudden your brain then has a clearer picture it's like the fog uh, dissipates has a clearer picture of what your spine is capable of because movements two-way communication nervous system you know down to the spine and then feedback back so we are kind of training the brain. All of a sudden, that back pain that they might have, which might be just uh, an output that you know the brain is just unsure. Now it has a clearer picture. You're building a case for that back pain, uh, the brain not to output that back pain. Well, actually, you even mentioned there about the, the brain being unsure and cramping is something that we would talk about an awful mm. lot and it being neurological con confusion. Yeah, you're like moving one, yeah. a, a joint or a muscle in, into a space or an, a, an avenue it hasn't been before. The brain's getting, oh, what the hell is this information that's yeah, not the, the used The muscle to. can't contract. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then from there, it's kind of spasming. What we always say is flirt with the cramp. Cramping is good. Breathe yeah. through it. It will get better as you get stronger and, and go away from it. But it's just indication, for example, oh, I've never moved here. The brain's like, oh, what is mm. this? And it's absolutely mm. fine. It's, it's not a bad thing. It will learn. Exactly. What does the brain do? It learns. And, and go so. back to it. Analogies, because this is huge, right, for me. And it was something that I, I learned about the brain and the body and kind of tightness and stiffness, right? Because it's something that we're always uh, told, like, I want to get rid of this stiffness and this tightness. It's seen as a very bad thing. Whereas we know it's actually just the brain's response. So the brain is actually giving you a response right now because it's trying to protect you. Hmm. It doesn't feel safe in certain range of motion or can't move certain areas. And it doesn't turn, want the joint to go into a certain range of motion. Exactly. So what it yeah. does is it tries to give you that stability of that joint through tightness, etc. Um but then let's take it back to the analogy of driving a car. So when you, well, for me personally, right, I never thought I'd be able to drive a car. Like genuinely, when I was younger, I was like, Jesus, how can I ever drive a car? And of course now I drive Is that why you drive like Miss Daisy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, yeah, well, you don't, you drive like a madman. But like, I where, don't. Whereas now I, I can drive a car very easily. But let's look at then the driving instructor and me being there and him teaching me what to do. He's got his own pedals because he doesn't trust me. Okay, so I'm, I'm in the car for the first time beside an experienced driving instructor, i.e. my brain, and he's like, right, I'm going to keep my foot in these pedals here because I don't trust this lad. And when he, when he needs to, he goes, Arr! he puts his foot down, he puts the brakes on, what's that tightness? Stop, bang, I don't feel safe. And then what happens? Well, I'll tell you, lesson one, lesson two, lesson five, lesson ten. The driver goes, driving instructor goes, I don't need to have my, yeah. my, my feet here. And you know what I do then? I go and do my lesson. And I, I pass. There's no there's no one doing it. There's no tightness. There's no sudden stop. There's no brakes here because I can now drive. I have, to, I have the capacity to do it because it's a skill and movement is a skill. Yeah. Your brain's putting this output because it's not used to it. 
map that information. You can learn that. And the best thing about that as well, and a hashtag we always use, explore how you move. I can drive this car. I can now explore every other range of car. I don't have to just drive this car every time. I can drive any car I want to from, from, from now on. Uh, Timbuktu I can start to race a car I can begin to you know drive a nicer car a faster car and that's the, the beauty of movement it's not mm. going to be pigeonholed into doing this one thing this way forever yeah, get yeah. the confidence get the self-efficacy because once you have that confidence explore how you move mm. off you go you know d- d- don't be held back by your body mm. and you won't be held back in your life yeah and that's like you know we we, I, I, we mentioned that with the spine stuff especially we, we definitely teach a technique spine segmentation mm-hmm. uh, the global spine mobility and the other ones but then explore how you do it and like when people ask me how many reps how many kind of is it okay of course it is thanks for listening the full episode of this podcast is available to all movement 101 members if you would like to join our online community or want more details please drop me a dm on instagram at brian underscore movement 101 see you soon